Hey everybody, welcome back to Choose Inclusion. I'm Yubi Simignetti, and today I'm joined by one of my co-hosts. The other is not feeling well, and that's it's, we hope he uh, is feeling better soon. But hi, Nina. Hey, Yubi. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're missing Mike today, but everyone is allowed to have an off day. It is okay. That is very true. Okay. That is right. Well, and, and um, we missed it. We're missing him because I know he would love to have a conversation with our guest, uh, Dean Hainsworth, who is the CEO and founding partner of Black Progress Matters and Panther Data Solutions, because it, it's really like, I guess, in, in summary, it, it's using technology uh, to 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 move us forward in these conversations around, you know, systemic inequalities and oppression through, particularly through our, our language, right, and our communication. So we're going to dive into that. But first of all, Dean, how are you, man? How's it going? I am wonderful. Thank you, Nina. And thank you, UB, for having me on today. And I'm sorry, Mike couldn't join us, but you, you nailed it, Nina. Certainly, everybody is due uh, some time off here and there. So hopefully, we'll get them back for the next podcast. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, so well, first of all, talk about your kind of your background, your journey to, to getting here. Yeah. So re really what, what Black Progress Matters is, what BPM stands for is it, it's really the culmination of my partners and I, you know, collective 130 plus years of corporate experience. And rather than just kind of throw money at, you know, social injustices, what we thought would better be to be done would be to create this kind of ecosystem, if you will, that helps solve some of these problems. And so what we've done is really create this, you know, consortium of four different pillars that we, that we believe that BPM is founded on. First and foremost, it's our executive minority staffing program. We truly believe that if you look at the top of any organization and your particular minority isn't represented, you genuinely don't feel like there's an opportunity for you to excel and succeed in that corporation or that enterprise and have a successful career there. So what we're really trying to do is, is identify, you know, opportunities of these leadership openings throughout the corporate world and secure them for the purposes of those positions being filled by people that come from a diverse background. Because you know, all the studies, Nina and UB, have shown that if you have a company that has diverse leadership, it will be successful. And once this is established kind of um, you know, throughout an enterprise, the, the successes of that company just absolutely go through the roof. So that, that's our mission and that's our goal, you know, first and foremost, is to really change the diversity and complexion of corporate America. Secondly, we have our incubator, which, you know, we're incubating, you know, health and beauty products, all natural cleaning supplies. And then, you know, first and foremost for us is our Panther Data Solutions technology stack, which I'll jump into here shortly and share with you some of the amazing things we're doing with technology to help solve some of these injustices. Our, our third pillar is our representation program. So if there's a more mature company in the marketplace that's a minority owned and operated business, we kind of help them, you know, revamp their business plans and then identify opportunities for, there's several 
diverse supplier initiative programs throughout the corporate space that, you know, once accessed properly can lead to, you know, successful relationships with those businesses that are, that are seeking the relationship. So, you know, we're really helping folks identify those opportunities. And then lastly, we have our internship program that kind of completes the ecosystem. So, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you know, executive minority leadership, you know, starts at the top and, you know, all the way down to the bottom of these organizations, if we can help, you know, young minorities that are entering corporate America, identify internships, you know, again, like all the studies and data show that if you secure an internship before your graduation within your, you know, chosen career path, the chances of you, you know, having a successful launch upon graduation are, are far better than just sort of waiting until you get that diploma and, you know, seeing what's available in the marketplace. So we really believe, UB and Nina, that, that the culmination of these four pillars is really, you know, just very unique experience to help, you know, change, you know, the, the diversity problem that we have right now in, in corporate America. Well, in Jordan, your daughter was the was your first intern, is that right? Yes. So Jordan, who just is a recent graduate of the Arizona State you know, University's WP Carey Business School, um, was our first, uh, our first, in, not only our first intern, but she is now working for us. And Jordan, oh, wow. it's, it's amazing. So Jordan now is, is, is the director of business development for our executive minority staffing program. So it's just been a pleasure to watch her, you know, gravitate towards this mission and find it, you know, strongly enough and believe in it strongly enough that she wanted to have this, you know, be her career. So, yeah, this is, you know, thanks for, for asking that UB. It's just in a very exciting time for us. Well, yeah, and you also had some other big wins recently too, Dean, right? Like you just launched a partnership with a, a major corporate corporation. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that and what that's what's gear, what that's gearing up to look like? Yeah, so Nina, we we you know through our executive minority staffing program, which is you know again you know that's what this company was founded on. That's what BPM was founded on was that belief that if we changed you know the composition of the leadership suite and the C-suite in corporate America that we could really effectuate change immediately. So when we, you know, sought out and started to call on the, the enterprises that, you know, we kind of aligned with and identified with the Oshkosh Corporation um, was just un this unbelievable opportunity that, that, you know, they saw in us and we saw in them, you know, they were just recently awarded a $6 billion contract with the federal government to overhaul the USPS trucks from gas to electric. And so with that, you know, they needed to, to hire a completely new leadership team and, you know, build out this portfolio to, to change, you know, these, these vehicles from gas to EV. And so they came to us and said, Hey, look at, we know we have this problem where, you know, we can't attract, attract the, you know, these, diverse candidates for leadership positions because we're in these historically kind of rural manufacturing towns that don't have a lot of diversity to begin with. So how do we solve this problem? They thought the best way to do that was to partner with Black Progress Matters to, you know, not only bring forth the best qualified minority candidates, but 
you know, not just for the interview process, but to actually employ them and hire them in leadership positions. And that's exactly what they're doing. So it's just been this amazing relationship, Nina, where, you know, they identified a problem inherently with their organization and have taken the bull by the horn, so to speak, and, and take it, tackling it head on and using, you know, our executive minority staffing program to help change the dynamic of their leadership team. So it's just been this amazing experience so far. And I believe we have two positions filled of 15 that they immediately gave us. So an, an unbelievable opportunity and just a, you know, amazing success story with Oshkosh. What, what, are there any secrets <laughs> to, <laughs> to finding a diverse group of candidates for these executive roles. And, and I ask that because, you know, our audience is always, they're looking for help, right? Like they want to, they want to hear how others are doing it. And, you know, you, you hear different things out there like, oh, there's a war for, there's a war for talent, or I just, you know, the diversity isn't out there in the candidate pools, but it's just not true. Right, like, well, how do you find these these candidates that apparently don't exist? UB, you know what? That, that's a great question, and I, I think it's, you know, it's kind of very similar to the old chicken and the egg theory, right? Which comes first? And if you aren't, you know, active, like for example, like Oshkosh, you know, we, you know, they came to us with this problem and we came to them with a solution and the solution involves, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Where Oshkosh alone couldn't, you know, attract these candidates, you know, but by, you know, partnering with us, you know, and through our network of, you know, you know, HBCUs through, you know, our affiliations with, you know, minority groups on, on LinkedIn, you know, certainly, you know, technology has allowed us to identify um, these potential candidates, UB and Nina, that, you know, just, you know, historically, we haven't been able to do through just submitting, you know, uh, your resume through ZipRecruiter or, you know, through the various kind of large platforms where, where people can identify, you know, potential employment opportunities. There's no um, you know, singular solution that says, hey, you know, where can, you know, diverse, you know, candidates of diverse backgrounds have a voice, and we really want to be that voice. So, you know, we're actively recruiting and creating this talent pool of leadership that's, that's, you know, beyond our wildest imaginations. And so, you know, again, getting back to the old chicken and the egg theory is, you know, what these corporations are putting out there if you just look around and historically look at their hiring practices, they haven't been the best. And so by aligning themselves with a Black Progress Matters, they've been able to attract these, this diverse candidate pool that they haven't historically been able to do. So that's really, you know, Nina and UB, our, our secret sauce without giving it away on this podcast is, you know, just really relying on not only our historical network of diverse clients, but, you know, aligning ourselves with, um, you know, future leaders to, to, so that when these openings do come to us, we can plug and play right away. Yeah. Relationships are just so critical. I think that's the one that that's in some ways the secret sauce you be right. It's like, you have to, it's not, there's no quick fix. 
it's, it's about building long-term relationships and long-term trust that's going to eventually lead to that change. And, you know, you get an, an easier solution by partnering with a, you know, a Black Progress Matters by reaching out to a dean, but it's still an investment that needs to be taken seriously and really thought through, um, not just a solution that will come in overnight with no work or, or resources put into it. Yeah, exactly. No, I totally agree. And that's, I think that was my point, right? Is like, it's, you, you can't make excuses anymore because um, it's, it's out there, right? It's out there for the taking. There are people out there, you as an organization, you've got to one, confront your own biases that are keeping you from looking all over the place and really making those relationships and connections work and partnering with organizations like um, BPM and, and figuring it out. But you have to do the work. No, you, UB, you summed it up. And Nina, you, I believe, mentioned a word that is not used, frankly, you know, quite frankly enough. And that's intent, right? Intention. You have to intentionally want to, you know, change the complexion of your leadership team. You have to, you know, with intent, seek out, you know, diverse candidates. If you just, you know, say, oh, yeah, we got a problem here. And you know, sooner or later, it will change itself. It's not going to change itself. And so the, the, the enterprises and corporations that have reached out to us and, and said, hey, we want to be leaders in this space. You know, we want to you know, be on the forefront of identifying and changing this problem are going to be the companies that, you know, attract these um, candidates that have diverse backgrounds that are going to be successful. Right. And it's, it's truly by intently going out and wanting to change those things that it's going to happen. Well, Dean, one of the other things that you're working on that I think is, you know, really fascinating because, uh, well, Mike, you, and I, we're all, we're all a bunch of tech geeks. You're working on bringing in some new tech into the industry that'll really have a huge impact on how conversations are happening in companies. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. It's probably, you know, outside of my daughter being our first intern, the most exciting thing to me is, you know, through our incubator program, we developed a company called Panther Data Solutions. And what we're doing there, Nina, is we've taken and repurposed, you know, technology that's historically been used in the financial services sector to, you know, really help create an equal playing field within the communication space within enterprises. And so, you know, what we've done is, is to provide a proactive solution to really help identify bias in the workplace. And, you know, through the use of technology and a customizable lexicon that each, you know, corporation is responsible for helping us build out, you know, we've been able to, you know, help deploy technology that could potentially, you know, help change the behaviors across an enterprise as it pertains to bias and bias communications. It's just an amazing time to, you know, for inventors and technologists to, to be alive because, you know, we can use technology at the, that is, you know, widely available at our fingertips to really help solve problems. Yeah. That, I mean, that's to Nina's point, like we we're geeks and, <laughs> and nerds is, and we love that, that, that technology can absolutely be, a huge support mechanism. I mean, it can do things that we can't. Now, the problem you run into is when we try to use AI, for example, 
to replace us in, in very critical functions, right, within an organization. Um, that that's that's where things can become a problem. What what's the approach you all took to kind of avoid that? Yeah, UB. What we've done is we've completely removed AI from all of our algorithms. So you know what we're doing with our our racial bias alert tool is really using a, a combination of NLP and just you know our own inherent algorithms that we've developed around proximity and tone understanding and location of words and the combination of those three or four things have really allowed us to identify potential bias you know statements and words and phrases without using ai because uh, as we've you know talked about on previous phone calls you know we we all have you know biases that are built into our own our own personal mainframes and certainly technology which is built right by human beings in particular ai tends to create you know internal biases within that technology stack and so what we've really tried to do is work with our developers to you know we've taken it all out there is no ai in any of our technology stacks and then you know really work on building algorithms that you know are constantly evolving and learning and changing with the 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 change of of biases that you know every day we we you know understand that there's new words and phrases that are being used to to marginalize different minority groups and so certainly want to be on the forefront of preventing that from happening what's what's on the horizon for you all you know like what um you know wh how how does all this play together where how do you see kind of the future playing out over the next couple of years in particular you know, post-COVID, um, a year after George Floyd's murder, where are things shaken out in your minds? Yeah, UB, that that that's you know, you know, we as a technology company have really you know taken the feedback from our early customers and and you know really tried to position ourselves to be uh, you know on the front edge of this sort of bias eradication. And one of the things that we've you know, come up with and that is gonna be launched here very shortly is our unbiased app. And some of the things you know, from our initial customers, they were like, hey, this is great that we were able to identify and potentially flag these bias words and statements, but what if you had the ability through your technology to prevent them from going out? And so we got, you know, our, our, our crew together and thought, hey, okay, this is a problem that we need to solve. Like, how can we do this? And so not unsimilar to, you know, Grammarly, we've developed an app called um, the Unbiased app. And it's a play on the word unbiased in IT that really is allowing folks to not, you know, use words and phrases that could be potentially harmful, you know, through enterprise communications. And so, you know, if this was being deployed throughout an enterprise and I was going to send you or need an email and, and you know, I, I, you know, open it up, start to type. And as I'm typing, it would make suggestions to my grammar to, you know, potential words that may be harmful or phrases that may be harmful, uh, you know, through my communication. And so, you know, that's, that's really our, our next step UB to answer that question or what, what do we see on the horizon? 
you know, the ability to prevent these potential harmful, you know, words and phrases from going out in an environment that that's really what we see is kind of our 2.0 of the use of technology, you know, from an from a enterprise wide standpoint, if we can prevent these um, biases from going out and, and really start to educate people as to how they can be harmful. That's when we really feel like we'll be tackling this issue completely. Well, yeah, and the, the, the only, what, what I'll add to that is, you know, it's, again, we, and, and Nina and I've done multiple trainings on, on this, but, you know, a lot of times people don't know, right, that what they're saying or typing um, can come across and, and can offend um, in a certain way or can offend a very specific group of people. You know, then we get into microaggressions and dehumanization yep. comments and things like that. And so, but it's, you know, it's because um, I think in this country in particular, there's sensitivity to being called biased or whatever. And I think it's just important that, to know that, and, and this is what gives me hope, right? Is that most people, it's, it's, it's not on purpose. And, you're, and this you're is- spot on. You yeah. and, and that's it. Like we all grow up with, you know, bias, whether it's, you know, environmental bias or, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, it, it's, it generally isn't a bad thing. It, we do these things to develop like safety mechanisms. Right. And, you know, our, our tools aren't ever meant to be used from a punitive standpoint, but, you know, getting back to what you were just saying, you know, we want to use the technology as an opportunity to educate people as to, you know, why the words and phrases that they may be using could be potentially harmful to others. And, you know, kind of, you know, shining a light on people's, you know, data to really understand like, okay, where are these harmful, you know, words and phrases and statements coming from? Okay. And what can we do with this now? So that's really what our goal is, is to not, um, you know, be punitive with any of these technologies, but to really you know, be able to have these meaningful conversations so that, that people understand that, you know, why it may be, why the things that I may be typing or saying could be offensive to, to other people. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for that. I mean, I, I think everything you, you shared with us today is so, is so powerful for our listeners to be able to just start thinking about all the different ways. I mean, everything that you're doing with BPM, there's just so many different angles in, in shifting this needle of change that needs to happen. And so Dean, just wanna thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today and sharing all your insights and wisdoms and, and keep on doing the great work that you're doing. And also how can folks reach you um, if they wanna get involved and start working with you directly? Yeah, Nina, thank you again so much for having me today. And I also potentially look forward you know, I, I love what you and UB and Mike are doing, you know, potentially finding a way for us to collaborate at BPM as well. And, and so the best way for folks to, to reach us is just through our website at, you know, blackprogressmatters.org. And you know, there's several ways that people can partner with us. And just if they go to that page, uh, www.blackprogress.org matters.org they can pick and choose how they want to participate and help you know change change the way we we work in america awesome cool thank you so much dean yeah i same you know we we love finding you know people out there doing 
doing work, you know, for the same reasons, right? To, and to accomplish the same things. And so it's always great when we can find a synergy to, to do this together because it's, you know, we, we can't individually do it all. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you everybody for continuing to listen, send, send Mike your good vibes to help him get better. And uh, we will catch you next time. Take care. Yes. Thank you both. And have a great restful weekend. Thank you. Take care, everyone.